0: of the third
1: kind. Hey everyone, just a quick update. This episode was originally a Patreon exclusive episode that was released on November 25th, 2021. However, as you can tell, I'm still sick. I just got over the COVID. I've been super sick this past week. Me and Dan really didn't have much time to do a regular episode, to do any research or anything. I was just kind of battling COVID, trying to get over it. And I finally stone cold stunned it, put it in a headlock, and made it my bitch. So instead of not releasing anything this week, we decided to release one of our older Patreon-exclusive past episodes for free. Also, one last thing, since this was a Patreon-exclusive episode, It's not censored. There is some cursing, so keep that in mind. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy the episode. See you next week. Welcome. It's nice to see you all back again. I want to say thank you for opening your minds to receive these extra knowledge nuggets each week. It means a lot to me and Daniel, and we want you to know that.
2: Also, before we start, since you are a Patreon subscriber, remember that you get priority and topic suggestions. So feel free to shoot those suggestions over to us either by email, Instagram, Facebook, or Discord direct message. Or if you want, you can send us some snail mail to our P.O. Box.
1: Alright, so today's episode is over Astroworld. So how this episode will go today is that we'll first talk about Travis Scott, who is the rapper who hosts Astroworld. And then we'll get into the actual World event, the festival itself. And then strange facts and findings, theories, and of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. And now we're going to get into the episode. So let's start that up.
2: On November 5th, 2021 at NRG Park in Houston, Texas, over 50,000 fans gathered for the annual Astro World Festival.
1: what was supposed to be a night of fun turned into tragedy. Hundreds of people were injured and many died.
2: Several odd things surround this event, such as rumors of someone running around and injecting random people in the crowd with a random substance to make them go insane.
1: Was this actually a mass blood sacrifice performed by Travis Scott to appease the demons that gave him his fame? Or is it just a big cover-up by the Houston City Commissioners due to poor planning? This is Astroworld. Now, before we dive into the event itself, let's first talk about the individual that all this controversy surrounds, Travis Scott. And for all of you who don't know, Travis Scott is a rapper, and he hosts Astroworld. So if you're confused, like, why the hell are we talking about Travis Scott? Astroworld's a festival. Travis Scott hosts it, and he sings at it. So there you go. So we're just telling you about Travis Scott first. Then we'll get into the festival. There we go. Cleared it up. Get into it and tell us who Travis Scott is, Dan. All
2: right. So on April 30th, 1991, Jax Berman Webster II was born in Houston, Texas. And just a little knowledge nugget, Jax's rap stage name is Travis Scott, which he got the name Travis Scott from combining the first name of his favorite uncle Travis, with the first name of his favorite rapper, Kid Cuddy, whose real name is Scott, which in turn makes Travis Scott. Just a little knowledge nugget for you. Oh, and by the way, from here on out, we will refer to Jocks as Travis Scott.
1: Yeah, it just makes things easier. And by the way, Kid Cuddy is one of my favorite rappers as well. So,
2: dude, hands down.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very good. A lot of his old stuff is very good. Mojo So Dope. That song is so good. I'll link them in the Patreon. All right, so moving on. So until the age of six years old, Travis lived with his grandmother in the south-central area of Houston, Texas, which was a notorious area for crime. Eventually, he went and lived with his parents in a better part of Houston with less crime. Travis's mother worked for the company Apple, and his father owned his own business. Now, shortly after moving in with his parents, Travis was enrolled in a private elementary school, which, by the way, um, he was in a private elementary school, a private middle school, and then he went to a public high school. So, just a little knowledge nugget.
2: Now, at a very young age, Travis was interested in music. So, his father went and purchased him his first drum set. As Travis grew older, he began learning the piano and then ended up quitting the piano because, and we quote, I
1: wasn't getting no bitches. That was a direct quote from him. He said, the piano don't give me no bitches. I was like, damn, dude. See, that was my first inkling that, okay, maybe this guy's not the greatest guy. And when you yeah. when we started digging in deeper, I'm like, whoa, this dude's actually a piece of shit. So you, you'll see. Because I actually liked his music, and I didn't know much about him. But we dove deep into him, and uh, yeah, n- not, a, not a great individual. You, you'll see as we go on. I like the piano. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so after attending a private elementary and middle school, Travis started attending public school at Elkins High School in Houston, Texas. It was during this time that he started to make beats on his computer, like musical beats. This caused some issues with his parents, though. Travis's father hated the loud beats and music that he would make because his father was all about jazz. He loved jazz. He was actually in a band himself. And he actually quit his job in his business to uh to pursue a music career, but was never successful in it. So, no little random knowledge like it. Um, but at certain times when like Travis would be making his beats, <laughs> his father would go into his room and yell at him. <laughs> Turn that shit off and then rip the power cord from Travis's computer out of the wall socket that it was connected to. Oh. Uh. Oh, man.
2: Travis then graduated early from high school at the age of 17 and enrolled in the college at the University of Texas. There in college, he had formed a music group with his friend, and they called themselves The Graduates. In 2008, that duo released a couple of their songs on MySpace. However, they never really took off.
1: A year later, Travis formed another group with one of his classmates, and they called it The Classmates. (laughs) How original. Now, they released two albums, one in 2009 called Buddy Rich, and one that following year in 2010 called Cruisin' USA. However, again, those two albums never had any songs that got noticed, and they never really took off.
2: After being at college for two years, Travis dropped out and moved to New York. There in New York, he slept on the floor of his friend's home and recorded music at another friend's studio. After three to four months, Travis decided to leave New York and move to Los Angeles.
1: In Los Angeles, Travis slept on the couch of a friend's house and continued to publish his music online on SoundCloud. Only a short time after being in Los Angeles, the famous rapper at the time, T.I., had come across one of Travis's songs that he released called Lights, Lovesick. T.I. then contacted Travis, asking him to come down to his studio.
2: It was after this moment that Travis kind of blew up. Kanye West contacted him, and they started working together. In 2012, Travis signed his first major label contract with Epic Records, signed a publishing deal with Kanye West's company, and then signed a recording contract with T.I.'s company.
1: After all those signings, Travis started preparing a new mixtape and ended up releasing it in 2013. Since then, Travis has released multiple albums, played hundreds of live, sold-out shows, and has been featured not only in other artists' work, but in video games as well. He became the first music artist on the Hot 100 list to have three songs debut at number one in less than a year. He has also been nominated for eight Grammy Awards and won a Billboard Music Award and a Latin Grammy Award. Dude, how do I have never heard of him? You've never heard of him? I swear, I have never
2: heard of him. I don't even think I've heard of him myself.
1: He was in Fortnite, man. He was in Fortnite. Now, even though you don't play Fortnite, I know you knew that there was a Travis Scott Astroworld concert in Fortnite. I did not know that. Oh. I know you've heard some of his songs, though. You've had to have.
2: I don't know. I don't even know who Travis Scott was when I saw the Travis Scott burger.
1: I knew who he was back in, like, 2015. I was bumping Antidote off his uh, one of his albums. That song goes hard. I was bumping it in my freaking Saturn view. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's continue. Now,
2: of course, Travis Scott's music was popular. Not popular to me. But his popularity was gained not only from his music, but also from the controversies and legal issues regarding his concerts. So before we get into the main topic of today, which is the most recent concert happening, let's discuss what happened at a few of his past concerts real
1: quick. All right. So Travis Scott's concerts are known for being like super high energy with mosh pits and crowd surfing. And yes, there is mosh pits at rap concerts. Which I was unaware of until I learned about this and I read up on it. And I'm like, whoa, they're moshing into rap music. That's cool. Um, yeah. So in 2015, during an interview, Travis had compared his shows to professional wrestling, saying, and I quote, I always want to make it feel like it's the WWF or some shit, you know, raging and having fun and expressing good feelings. Is something I plan on doing and spreading across the globe. Some WWF shit at his concerts. Mm. That's what we're gonna do at our podcast. If we ever do a live podcast, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, this is some WWF shit." I'm gonna fucking put you in a chokehold by your reading the <laughs> lines. <laughs> <laughs> fucking read it, Daniel. Fucking read. It. <laughs> oh man.
2: All right. Oh man. So, however, things seem to get quite a bit out of hand at his concerts, and he encourages it. Travis has been arrested at least two times for inciting riots and disorderly conduct at his own concert shows. For example, 2015, at the Lollapalooza Music Festival, when Travis was on stage performing, he started encouraging his fans to jump the security barricades, in which his show was quickly shut down and he was arrested. Travis ended up pleading guilty for this and was sentenced to one year of probation.
1: Now that same year, Travis was in Switzerland performing on stage at the Open Air Festival. During that concert, Travis decided to do some crowd surfing and during it, a fan took one of his shoes off of him, off of Travis, and uh, Travis immediately stopped the concert, pointed out that fan who took his shoe and repeatedly told the crowd to, and I quote, fuck him up while he was also spitting on the guy. Now, we do actually have a video of that incident, um, and we'll, we'll play it real quick. Of course, it's going to be in the Patreon links for you guys to go watch with us, guys, girls, aliens. You know, no, no gender specific. Just say guys is in like a collective whole. All right, so let me know when you're ready. We'll play it. I'm ready.
2: Get that motherfucker, get him
1: You tried to take my shoe? You want to be a thief? Fuck up, fuck him up, (laughs) fuck him up Fuck him up, fuck him up
2: Get him out of here. Get him out of
1: here. Well, what did you just throw at him? What was that?
2: I have no idea. Maybe a cigarette lighter or something? Oh, that poor guy.
1: Oh, it looked like a freaking kid. What the hell? They blurred his face. It looked like a little kid. Yeah, they blurred his... They ripped his shirt and everything. They just spit on him again. Oh, he just threw the mic down. Okay, yeah, he just threw the mic at him. A mic could kill somebody. Especially if that's a regular sure SM58 SM58 is what it looks like. Because I know my microphone's Dan, And that fucking thing can kill somebody. So anyways, so that's one of the incidences of many. What a dick. And it just gets worse.
2: With how much money he makes, he go buy another damn shoe. Yeah. All right. In 2017 at the Walmart Arkansas Music Pavilion, when Travis was on stage performing, he encouraged fans to rush the stage. Which, of course, they did. Security guards and police officers tried to stop the fans. However, they were unsuccessful. A security guard, a police officer, and several individuals were injured.
1: Travis was arrested and charged with inciting a riot, disorderly conduct, and endangering the welfare of a minor. He ended up pleading guilty to only the disorderly conduct charge, and all the other charges were magically dropped, and they just disappeared.
2: Of course.
1: He was also ordered to pay court fees and restitution to two of the injured people. So,
2: as you can see, there seems to be some sort of trend, and you would think that Travis would tone his concert down just a bit, or maybe not encourage bad shit at them before, you know. Something serious happens. Of course, however, that it wasn't the case. Because as you all may know, a few weeks ago, Travis Scott held a concert in his hometown of Houston, and this is what our episode is mainly focused on today. What happened at this event and all the strange and odd things surrounding not only it, but Travis Scott himself. Now, before we get into strange and weird things, let's first talk about the event itself. So, Aaron, can you tell us about that?
1: Absolutely. Now, real quick, before we talk about what happened at the event, we need to know what crowd surging or AKA what crowd crush is, because it plays a big role in this event. All right, so a crowd surge is a quick or sudden movement of a large number of people. Now, when large gatherings take place, these crowd surges can occur. So what basically happens is like you have a large group of people standing there all together, you know, butts to nuts. And uh, the people start pushing forward in the crowd, making it impossible for anyone to escape from this formation.
2: The pressure of the crowd builds up on the individuals caught inside of it, which causes a lack of oxygen and a space to move or breathe. People end up being squeezed so tightly that they simply cannot breathe. On other occasions, some individuals end up falling on the ground during these crowd surges and end up getting trampled and crushed to death by other individuals. These crowd surges are unfortunately fairly common at group events, such as concerts and festivals.
1: So, now that you know what that is, let's start talking about the event itself. Okay. So, in 2018, Travis Scott launched the Astro World Festival, which is an annual music festival held in Houston, Texas, which is his hometown. Now, this yearly festival became extremely popular. And it was 2018, like I said, when it started, 2019, and then they didn't do it in 2020 because of COVID. But they did it in 2021. In 2021, everybody was like super hyped about it, right? Because they were just coming off of COVID lockdowns. Everybody was like, let's fucking rage. And uh, yeah, they were all getting prepared for it. They were hoping that the announcement would be made. Which earlier this year on
2: May 5th, the 2021 Astro World Concert Festival made an announcement that the event would be held on November 5th and 6th. Over 100,000 tickets to the event immediately went on sale, and in less than an hour, they were completely sold out.
1: Goddamn.
2: That's a lot of tickets sold out.
1: I wonder if we could sell that. No, there'd be no way. We'd sell like 10 tickets, and it'd all be like our family members buying them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, My mom would probably bought 10 of them. Yeah, same thing with mine. Yeah. All right, so let's fast forward to the morning of Friday, November 5th. So early that morning at around 7 a.m., individuals already started to like line up at the festival's entrance, waiting for it to open, even though Travis Scott wasn't set to perform until 9 that night. This is like some Black Friday shit, man. People lining up. like tailgating. Yeah, lining up way in advance. Now, there was going to be, like, other multiple music artists performing throughout the day, so it wasn't just, like, everybody was just standing there and waiting for Travis Scott. I believe they opened up at 1 o'clock. So everybody was getting in line, and then at 1 o'clock they would open up, and then it would allow uh, the people to start going in and seeing the other concerts that were happening. Uh, And by the way, what we're about to go over next is sort of like a timeline. In this entire timeline, we ended up getting from the Houston Police Department logs of what was occurring. So what you're about to hear is the most accurate timeline ever reported on. I know I spent like fucking 10 hours going through this timeline and making sure it was correct and cross-referencing the police's timeline with other people events, and it's going to give you a clear picture of what's going on hour by hour. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick 60-second break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So, Dan, start it off for us.
2: All right. At 8.15 a.m., the Houston Fire Department received a call from a police lieutenant that was standing at the security perimeter, watching the crowd waiting for the festival to open. The police lieutenant requested riot gear from the fire department due to the crowd's behavior at the security perimeter. Around an hour later, the festival's first checkpoint was breached and security lost control of it. During that process, several of the attendees were injured and some of them were taken to the hospital that morning. Now. This would be a process that continued consistently throughout the afternoon, people getting injured and being taken to the hospital.
1: So three hours later at 12.17 p.m. prior to the festival's scheduled opening at 1 p.m., an individual used bolt cutters and entered through the barricade on the other side and staff lost control of another checkpoint. By 2 p.m., a VIP entrance completely broke down as hundreds of fans surged through multiple barricades and checkpoints, knocking over metal detectors and trampling several attendees. At least one person was injured during this. Now at this point, many people at the event stated that the checkpoints where staff was doing like pat-downs and wristband checks and ticket checks and like the information counters and all that stuff, all of that was just abandoned by the workers. They said, fuck that, we're out. This crowd is too crazy. By roughly
2: 3.15 p.m., the Houston Police Department was already starting to log dangerous crowd conditions. At the same time, multiple EMTs and medical staff at the festival was dealing with an influx of people seeking medical help for overdoses. Just before 4 p.m., Houston Police Department logs indicated at least 54 patients had been treated by the medical staff and crowd conditions were getting dangerous. Fifteen minutes later, at 4.15 p.m., another gate was broken and breached by an estimated 150 participants.
1: Now, these gates that are being broken are ones outside of the festival. So these people don't even have tickets. So they don't even know the actual true number of people that were at this festival which is another problem that we'll get into later. All right. So four hours later, at 8.15 p.m., the medical teams at the festival had become so overwhelmed with traumatic injuries to the point that they had to stop documenting patients and start an actual triage. So shortly after starting the triage, the medical team ran out of equipment and ran out of Narcan. Which, if you don't know what Narcan is, it's basically a medicine that is used to treat opioid overdoses. So since the medical staff ran out of that, overall medical treatment was delayed by at least 20 minutes for many patients.
2: So at 8.30 p.m., a countdown timer appeared on the main stage, counting down when Travis Scott was set to perform. It was at this point that the crowd started to gather around the main stage area. At 8.39 p.m., signs of overcrowding were already being present and crowd crush was likely already occurring. By that time, there was over 55,000 people in attendance in the crowd.
1: At 9.02 p.m., Travis Scott took the stage and began performing at 9.06 p.m. His appearance on the stage resulted in people pushing towards it, leading to even more severe crowd crush. As people struggled to stay on their feet, Several began to fall, and some were even injured at this point.
2: At 9.12 p.m., multiple individuals began screaming for medical help. At this point, many EMTs had desperate concertgoers grabbing them to assist individuals who had been crushed. However, many EMTs stated that communication between other medical staff was impossible due to the music being too loud for radio traffic to be heard, and that the crowd around them didn't care what was going on. They only cared about the music.
1: At 9.16 p.m., multiple reports of breathing problems and people being trampled on were heard sporadically on radio traffic, but with no clear location. At 9.18 p.m., Houston Police Department logs and radio traffic indicated crowd crush injuries had occurred. Shortly after that, at 9.23 p.m., some fans began climbing a speaker tower to escape the crowd crush that was still ongoing. Many individuals were injured.
2: However, they could not escape the crowd. For example, an ICU nurse attending the concert had passed out twice from the pressure on her chest and stated that she saw people continuing to trample those on the ground to get to the front despite those people on the ground screaming. She stated that she also saw unconscious concert goers who had been crushed and were passed out being crowd surfed out of the crowd to safety.
1: It was bad. Everyone was trying to escape the crowd crush. 50 to 60 people were witnessed climbing two stories up onto the concert's projection screens, which had exposed wiring, to escape this crowd crush. The crowd became so large and crazy that merchandise vendors said that they had to shut down in an attempt to avoid endangering those in line and working their tables. At
2: 9.24 p.m., Travis Scott stopped the show for the first time and said, somebody is passed out right here, towards the front of the stage. At this same time, other fans elsewhere continued screaming and waving to attract his attention to get help to other individuals who were passed out, but he continued on with his next song.
1: Three minutes later, at approximately 9.27 p.m., that song ended and Travis Scott paused for a moment, and he kind of like hunched over on the stage. The crowd began chanting his name, and Travis stood up on the stage and walked to the right, pointing offstage, asking for more lights on an attendee who was climbing a tree. Meanwhile, some nearby concertgoers were calling out for medical help. Travis Scott, on the other hand, uh, told everyone to make a gesture with their middle fingers because, and I quote, they are ready to rage, and then he started his next song. At around 9:30
2: p.m., medical staff went to the front of a reserved section of the concert to attend to an unresponsive person. At this point, multiple barriers to that reserved section were compromised, and the concert goers started running past the ambulance and getting in its way. Travis Scott noticed the ambulance in the crowd and asked concert goers to raise their arms if they were okay.
1: Many people complied and raised their hands. Now, it is worth noting that at the same time, there was multiple medical staff like around in that area performing CPR on multiple unconscious attendees on the ground. So kind of just keep that in the back of your head that you got people with their arms up in the air. Ambulance is trying to get through and it can't. And then you have multiple people having chest compressions done on them.
2: All right. So after individuals raised their hands, Travis said, and I quote, you all know what you came to do. Chase B, let's go, and continued the concert with his next song and told the crowd that he wanted to hear the ground shake.
1: At roughly 9:34 p.m., a woman was filmed climbing a ladder to the media tower to solicit help from a camera operator. The woman told the camera operator, and I quote, "People are fucking dying." Now this resulted in a mayday request from the staff over the radios. And by the way, uh. If you've been on TikTok here recently, or during that whole Travis Scott debacle, you've probably seen this video, but we do have a link of it, and we'll link it up, and we're going to play that right quick.
3: So that
1: girl's like up on that cameraman trying to get him to help and he's just like not paying attention at all.
2: Yeah, he's just continuing to film the, the show.
1: Yeah, he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm just a camera guy. And Travis just keeps on playing his music. So yeah, there's multiple camera views. Shouldn't know what to do. Just walking around trying to talk to him and he's just like, I don't want to have anything to do. Get down. Get off. I gotta film this shit. Man, that's sad. That's insane. Yeah.
2: Supposedly there's another video in the comments just found a video on Twitter where you can see this girl when she is in the pit and screaming for help.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Let's see this one. I haven't seen this one. Yeah, she's in. You can see her in the in the pit, the mosh pit, looking like she's screaming for help. Yeah, we'll have this video up as well for you all to take a look at. Mm, it's sad man. Fuck that camera guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that camera guy. By the way, if you were in that situation, what would you do? What I'll do? If you, let's say if you had a family member there and they were unconscious and they needed medical attention. How would you get it in that situation?
2: You really want to know? Yeah. That cameraman would be laying right beside my family member until someone else came and showed up. Or would have thrown his ass down there with them.
1: No, see, that's not going to help. So what you do is you see all those cords that he's got around him. You start fucking pulling every electrical cord you can. And you want you shut down that show. That will get everybody's attention, right?
2: Well, if you take out the cameraman, then he can't film the show.
1: He doesn't film the show. It's not a big deal. If you cut off the stage lights.
2: Oh, you're talking about stage lights and like the microphones and all that.
1: Yeah, I'm talking everybody's attention. Well, then, yeah. You could probably get your ass beat, but still. I mean,
2: just the fact that you're, you're going to a camera guy. He's recording. He has a radio. He could talk to people because he's being told what to film, what, how to switch the cameras and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, but the music was so loud, you couldn't hear over the radio communication. You couldn't hear anything over the radios. It's true. So, eh, I don't know. Let's continue on with what's going on.
2: So, at 9.38 p.m., a dispatcher at the concert's Unified Command had reported a mass casualty incident to officials, and a Level 1 event was declared. Radio traffic then became entirely unintelligible for an undetermined amount of time.
1: Four minutes later, at 9.42 p.m., Travis Scott stopped performing mid-song for the third and final time after noticing an unconscious attendee. Security team members responded and started providing first aid, and Travis immediately (laughs) resumed his performance. Now, around this same time uh, is when people began chanting, stop the show, but Travis ignored him. He's like, it's time to fucking reach! You'd figure with people chant and stop the show, you'd be like, what? What's going on?
2: Right. At approximately 9.53 p.m., Houston fire officials upgraded the mass casualty incident to a level two event, sending 12 more units. At 9.55 p.m., an audience member was seen dancing on the roof of a retrofitted golf cart being used by medical staff as an ambulance. Just prior to 10 p.m., the initial crush had seemed to be over. However, the famous rapper Drake made a surprise entrance and joined Travis Scott on the stage, which things got chaotic again.
1: Yep. So Drake rolled up on the stage and because of that, crowd crush started again as the crowd began to push towards the stage. Now, at roughly this point, Houston police asked the promoters to end the event early, which the promoters agreed to verbally. Travis and Drake kept performing. At ten o eight PM, Travis and Drake performed their final song of the show, after which Travis waved at the crowd while jogging off stage and sang, I love y'all. Make it home safe. Good night.
2: By the end of the concert, twenty five people were evacuated to local hospitals, more than three hundred people were treated for injuries, and eight had been declared dead. Days following the event, Two more individuals died from their injuries at the concert. A 22-year-old woman was declared brain dead on November 9th and died the following day. A nine-year-old boy was placed in a medically induced coma after being crushed and trampled on at the concert, becoming the 10th fatality of the event when he died on November 14th.
1: Out of all the shit that's in here, that by far is the worst. I mean, death in general is horrible to anyone, right? But you got some kid, some nine-year-old kid that goes there to this concert, and he is crushed and trampled to death. That's insane. And I know some people are like, why? Why bring a nine-year-old to the concert, right? But Here's the thing. I I was wondering the same thing until when I was reading up on this. Somebody kind of did like a rebuttal to that why. Like, why bring a nine-year-old? They said the concert had no age restrictions. Travis's own daughter was there. And Travis has a younger demographic and markets himself to kids. He has sponsorships with McDonald's, Reese's, and the video game Fortnite, which is extremely popular in the young age group. And he actually did a concert in that Fortnite video game, if you remember, like, months ago, which you don't, Dan, but I do. And that was extremely popular. And the age group of people, of kids that play Fortnite is anywhere from, like, five or six, all the way up to, like, I don't know, freaking middle-aged men and women. Yeah. So, yeah. But in the last rebuttal to why was a nine-year-old there is, like, everyone has a right to go to a concert and not die. And I thought that was, you know, worth mentioning. Mm. There you go.
2: In the immediate aftermath of the incident, local homicide and narcotics investigators, representatives for the insurance companies of the defendants, OSHA, and lawyers for the concertgoers were on the scene. A judge's limited freeze order the night of November 8th allowed victims' lawyers to investigate and photograph the site and required organizers to preserve evidence after an agreement was reached with defendants, clarifying it didn't waive their legal defenses entirely.
1: The causes of the majority of deaths are still under criminal investigation. Which, as of November 8th, was being run by the Houston Police Department's Homicide and Narcotics Division, and the FBI would kind of be providing technical assistance if needed. Now, as of November 9th, the Harris County Institute of Forensic Science had completed autopsies for the eight initial victims, and the causes of those deaths are still under investigation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and aliens is the astral world event in detail. Now, it doesn't stop there, of course, because this is where we dive into the strange facts and findings of this entire thing. And there is a lot of freaking weird shit about this. A lot of weird stuff. Not only in occult stuff, but like political stuff plays a role in this as well. Oof. Yeah, it's so freaking weird. Um, now, real quick, before we get into that, we're going to take our last break. We'll be right back. It's so our last one. Don't go anywhere. We're about to tell you some crazy. Be right back. So, Dan, tell us about our first one.
2: All right. So, our first strange fact and finding, let's talk about the investigation. So, following this tragedy, Harris County, which is the county that the location of the NRG Park is in, in Houston, while well, the Harris County judge over that area named Judge Lena Hildago called for an independent investigation into Astro World Festival.
1: Now, this is where the shit gets weird. This is where I was starting to look into it, and I was like, wait. Some of this shit doesn't line up. You would figure that the judge over the county, if, if they called for an, for an independent investigation, that it would be allowed, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? It's, it's just a third party coming in, verifying what the police had found. Yeah. Well, that's wrong. Uh, so the judge had to actually call a meeting with the Harris County commissioners and, ma- and make them vote to approve this third party to come in and investigate.
2: Well, it was voted down. Instead, they voted to have Harris County Administrator David Barry conduct his own review. Barry said that his review will be over the security, fire, life, and safety plans of all scheduled outdoor concerts at the NRG Park property.
1: Oh, this is where it gets so weird. So this Harris County administrator position that Barry was over, it was created during the summer and this David Barry was actually selected by the Harris County commissioners to fill this role. So needless to say, in my opinion it sounds like a kind of like a conflict of interest. And it seems like someone is trying to, like, cover something up, right? Yeah. But we'll dive deeper into that during our theory section. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to tell you about something interesting that I found. So I started digging into the Harris County Commissioner's Court, and I actually found a taped meeting that happened on November 15th uh, where the commission took questions from individuals in the audience. Now, a local resident went up on stage and started grilling them. And we do have the audio for that. And it's just a couple minutes long. And we're going to listen to that right now.
0: My name is Marissa Hanson. Last night, Ezra Blount was pronounced dead um, after the World event. I'd like to know why there was only 500 policemen at the event Friday night of the Ashworld event. You guys are the ones that are responsible for the security of the board, uh, who you're responsible for choosing the people that are on the board of directors for the security at NRG. And so the buck stops here with the questions. I'd like to know why um, so far nine children have died from the malfeasance in this commissioner's courtroom. Um judge Chidalgo, I'd like to know why there was a cleanup crew there the night of a mass casualty event. Can you can you answer me? It's a mass casualty event. You do not send a cleanup crew to a mass casualty event unless you're trying to cover something up. Why did Travis Scott get on the airplane that night when there was a mass casualty event? Who escorted him to the airport and his family. You know, nine people died and families are never going to be able to say goodbye to their children. A the nine-year-old boy, Judge Hidalgo, please look at me when I speak to you. A nine-year-old boy is dead because of your malfeasance. This bond stuff, 149 people have died and you guys have blood on your hands because of this. You, it's not the bail bondsman, you know that. Commissioner Garcia, you used to be a sheriff. I don't know why you're doing this to people. I mean, is, it, is there no good left in you? It's, it's heartbreaking to me. You know, why did you call an independent investigation, Judge Go. Do you not trust the policemen? They're here to do good and serve us. Why would you call for an invest, a private investigation the night of a mass casualty event? You don't do that. You know, There's, you haven't even acknowledged the nine-year-old boy that died last night. Instead, Commissioner Garcia, you, you retweet something about you going on a bicycle ride at NRG Stadium. There's no mention of this young boy. You know, he he's never going to get to live his life ever again. His parents are never going to get to tuck him ob- into bed. And all you guys are doing is covering up your malfeasance, you know, when when the elections come up, I'm going to make sure of it that none of you three are never going to be sitting in a chair in commissioner's court ever again or in any kind of political position. What happened on Friday night? Thank you. Your time is up. Did
1: you see that go to hell look she gave her as she walked away? Yep. Okay. First of all, she grilled them good. She did. Second of all, after hearing that, I was like, whoa, okay, there is something going on here. And I have to talk to that girl. I, I have to talk to her, the one, who was, the one who was asking the questions. So I went on a full-on manhunt looking for her, and I kind of felt like a stalker-ish. I, I wanted to know, what did she know that maybe I didn't find while researching this, that, that we didn't find while researching this? So. I'm pretty sure I found her on, I found her social media pages, and I sent her a couple messages a couple days ago, um, but never got anything back. Damn. Yeah, I was hoping to hear back from her. Fucking stalker. No, I I wanted to interview her for this episode. I, I wanted to be like, hey, can I do an interview? I just wanted to know what she knew. It's crazy.
2: She brought up some good points and, of course, your time's
1: up. Get out of here. Yeah. But she'd do a great on the scene. She would. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So remember that strange fact and finding because it kind of connects to our next one. So roll into the next one, Dan. All
2: right. So our next strange fact and finding revolves around human trafficking. On January 30th, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo the one that we just talked about who wanted the independent investigation, well, she held a press conference. At this press conference, she stated that Harris County was going to start tackling human trafficking concerns at NRG Park.
1: Now, this NRG Park is where the Astroworld Festival was held, just by the way. Ooh. So this Judge Hildago went on to say that there are more than 6 million visitors every year that go to Houston and NRG Park and there has been an increased presence of human trafficking. She went on to state that human trafficking is a multi-billion dollar industry and that Houston has long been a central hub for it. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services estimated that 50,000 people were trafficked in Texas just last year. Of those 50,000, 20,000 of those cases we're from Harris County alone, which is there in Houston, where the NRG Park is at. Holy shit. Yes, holy shit is right. Because if you realize how big Texas is, that place is huge. And if they got 50,000 cases and majority of them is coming from Houston, wow. Damn. That judge,
2: Hildago, ended the conference by saying that 83 cases of human trafficking have already occurred in Harris County this year, and 29 of those cases are children. Now, just keep in mind that it was January 30th, whenever she held that conference, they had already had 83 cases, 29 of them children, which pretty much means a child a day. That's insane.
1: Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And they still had Astroworld there. Yeah, and it just gets weirder. This whole thing is is totally weird because our next strange fact and finding revolves around an individual there from Houston, Marty Langton. Now, Marty is the president of the Houston Professional Firefighters Union, and he was interviewed about the Astroworld Festival incident, and this is what he had to say.
4: I will be unapologetic, and I've already tried to be silenced, by the way, by city officials, even today.
3: In this case? Yep. Who's silencing you?
4: Uh, I'll get into that another time, but I will tell you I won't be silenced, and what I've continued to tell people is that I will tell the truth as I have the information, The families are owed transparency, they're owed the truth, and they're owed not only the facts as they're presented, but be able to understand. Because we don't have the facts. I'm not investigating the criminal investigation.
1: Why do you think he's trying to be silenced? He must know something. They must have something that they don't want him to know. Or something must have gone on that they don't want him to know. It's so odd.
2: Houston Professional Firefighters Union.
1: Yeah. He's like over the Houston Fire Department. So, yeah, yeah, this this all just keeps getting weirder and weirder. So, Dan, tell us about our next strange fact and finding.
2: All right. So our next strange fact and finding revolves around a concert that was supposed to take place weeks prior to Astro World Festival. Now, on October 23rd, 2021, the rapper Playboy Cardi was scheduled to perform there. However, the event was canceled due to the NRG Park officials being unable to contain the chaotic crowd.
1: Now, we did come across an interesting interview from a guy named Chris May regarding that Playboy Cardi concert at NRG Park. So Chris and his 16-year-old son traveled to Houston from Little Rock, Arkansas for that specific concert. (laughs) Got him. Got him. Um, Now, when Chris arrived there with his son, he said that the crowd was chaotic. He stated that there was a long line to get in and then all of a sudden there was a giant mad rush of everyone running to the gate.
2: Him and his son got swept inside of the crowd of individuals and almost got crowd crushed. Chris eventually made it out of the crowd with his son and they returned to their hotel room. While in his hotel room, Chris sent an email to NRG saying, and I quote,
1: You should be embarrassed by your crowd control plan for the Playboy Cardigan concert tonight. It was a disgrace. Trying to funnel that many people into a limited entrance is a recipe for disaster. Consider yourself lucky if no one was killed or seriously injured.
2: Chris ended up never getting a response back from NRG and said that he would never come back to Houston or NRG because he felt that NRG wasn't prepared to handle a crowd of that size.
1: Which right there i mean it tells you a few weeks before the astro world festival and they shut down a concert because of the crowds too crazy and they can't get control of it ah, man they should have told them right from the get go
2: should have but yeah I see that money
1: yeah so let's go into our next strange fact and finding which comes straight from the Houston chief of police So the following day after the concert, the chief of police made a statement that he said that one of the narratives of what caused the mass chaos in the crowd was that some individual was going around and injecting other people with drugs, that they do have a report from medical staff that a security guard was reaching over to restrain or grab a concert goer and he felt a prick in his neck. The security guard went
2: unconscious, and the medical staff administered Narcan. He was revived, and medical staff did notice a prick similar to a prick you would get if somebody was trying to inject. The chief of police then said it was unclear at this time what drug was injected into the security guard, and there have not been any other reports of people being injected with drugs at the concert.
1: Yep. It is odd. I tried to look deeper into that, and some people say that the security guard was lying about the whole thing. And uh, there was mixed, like mixed stories about what the the security guard said. So I just went with what the police chief said the following day after the concert happened.
2: So either way, he got injected with something.
1: Yeah. All right. Um. So now we're going to kind of like move away from the strange facts and findings revolving like Houston and the NRG Park. And we're going to discuss one's Revolving and kind of like regarding Travis Scott.
2: All right. So, our next strange fact of finding is about Travis Scott's manager. So, Travis had a former manager named Shane Morris. Shane Morris was a junior software engineer and previous employee of MySpace Music whenever he met Travis Scott and was then hired as his manager. In 2013, Shane Morris went on Tumblr and made a post regarding Travis. His post said,
1: You want to know what low, grimy motherfucker Travis Scott is? Late one night, we were all down in our dungeon, up late, having a party. And by the way, side note, I guess a dungeon is kind of like a basement. I guess, or... Or maybe a sex dungeon, I don't know. No judgment, whatever. All right, so um, he continued saying the music was playing and we were all having fun in this dungeon. And I did what all epileptic people do from time to time. I had a seizure. And you know what Travis Scott did? He left. He and his friend Tony left me. I eventually ended up at the hospital that night, but Travis couldn't be bothered. I should mention at this point that during the week before my seizure, Travis and I were discussing me managing him full time.
2: For almost two years, I had been working with him, building him up and giving him guidance and music. To get left like that, When I'm having a medical emergency, that's pretty cold. So the next day I called Travis Scott while I was driving to see my friend Jen. He explained to me that he didn't want a manager that would be having seizures. He didn't want to bring TI around anything like that. That That's fucked up. That is fucked up.
1: Yeah. So initially I was kind of skeptical of this claim. So me and Dan started digging to find the Shane Morris and see if it was actually true. And we actually found a video of Shane Morris talking about this exact thing in that Tumblr post he made. So we'll take a quick listen to that right now.
4: Travis Scott is the worst person I worked with in my entire career in music. Eight people are dead and hundreds more injured after Travis Scott's callous, reckless behavior at Astroworld. And I hate to be the one saying this, but I saw this coming and I tried to tell everyone. The story that DDOT is telling is true. I'm Travis Scott's former manager. I'm the one who had a seizure and I'm the one that he left for dead in a basement in Los Angeles. I originally told my account in 2013 and then it recirculated on Reddit about six years ago. The stories coming out of Astroworld and all the videos documenting the evidence are quite clear and they align with what I know about Travis Scott. When he sees people in harm or danger, he tends to only continue thinking about himself. And to make it worse, he's been doing this for years at other concerts. I could go on and on about the theft of sessions, assaults, and all the lies that he's told in his career, but the thing that I want you to understand most is this. I think it's time to spill a little tea as the kids on the internet say, and I don't mind doing this because Travis Scott is genuinely a horrible person. So in 2009, when I met Travis Scott, I was running a site called earmilk.com with my friends Trey and Blake, uh, and I was a junior level software engineer and I had just finished working for MySpace Music. So I worked in the technology side of music. For Travis, what we did was fake his popularity. I programmed a fleet of SoundCloud bots to artificially inflate his play counts on SoundCloud. This told record label executives that he was much more popular than he actually was. We also did did the same thing early on with twitter you may have noticed and somebody made a joke about it that his early followers could make an omelet because they were all eggs uh we used software to enhance his visibility uh via um the wrong means
1: <laughs> got them fake clicks them fake likes so he faked his popularity literally fake it till you make it yeah <laughs> uh it's funny what a dick he is travis scott that is not Shane. Um, and you're, you're only going to find out things get worse with Travis with his next one.
2: If you think Travis couldn't get any worse, well, then you are wrong. So our next strange fact and finding is cell phone footage that was of Travis Scott's performing at a concert. The footage shows Travis stopping the show and yelling homophobic slurs at some of the fans in the crowd. Now, we do have a video clip of this and we will take a listen to and viewer discretion
1: is advised. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. Um, so yeah, we'll take a listen to that and play it right now. Ain't cool with none of you faggots who just sitting here looking like a bunch of queers. You wearing a fucking La Flame shirt, motherfucker. Then you better act like a bitch. I'm rip it off your fucking back. That
2: is some hardcore auto-tune.
1: What a piece of shit. Yeah. Why hasn't he been canceled yet, is what I want to know. Why is he getting a pass for all this? You hear
2: that shit nowadays, people go crazy, but obviously he's getting a pass for it somehow.
1: I don't know. But damn, that auto-tune. Woo-hoo. There's supposedly a video of him falling off stage with auto-tune. He's like, ooh. <laughs> hold on, let me see if I can find it. Hold on, let me see. Travis Scott auto-tune falling off stage. Oh, shit, that auto fills in so you know oh yeah (laughs) I found it oh my god (laughs) this shit is hilarious he just fucking falls right down here I'll link it to you oh my god I'll put it in the patreon thing everybody's got to go see that video Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: what he gets, but he deserves a lot more than that.
1: Oh, God, I could watch that forever. Oh, my God, that's awesome. All right. You want to take us to this next section, Dan? All
2: right. Let's get into the really weird strange facts and findings. Ooh,
1: yes. Yeah. So- <laughs> oh sorry auto-tune Ooh, yeah <laughs> <clears throat> all right yeah let's aaron just fell off stage right there Ooh. yeah this is uh my favorite part of this whole thing
2: all right so a few years ago travis went on a radio show and did an interview what he said during this 30 second clip is very odd so let's take a listen to that
1: right now this we just got to be like aware of just like what you just said you know people are always going to be reaching for that bad headline or that sure. bad thing
2: you know, so I'm aware. That's why I was just like, man. But when I do my shows, I be so turned, man. Like, it's a, it's a, it's another level.
4: Yeah, With Travis Scott's it's on like, stage. I'm yeah, not,
2: you know, I'm not like the guy that got like, you know, I had a backup dancers. I ain't got the drummers and that. No, I'm all about the blood. You know, we got to turn up. The you know, blood. I'm all about rage the blood. Just like the, who's bleeding on stage? I mean, you know, I'm not bleeding, but the fans <laughs> are like giving their bodies. Right. So-
1: the fans are giving their bodies. This band thinks he's a fucking god. Pretty much. It's so weird. He's all about the blood and the fans giving them his, their, or the fans giving them, them their bodies. That reminded me of something that I came across on, I think it was TikTok. Um, no, 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 it was Twitter. Some kid that had gone to the Travis Scott concert, uh, the Astroworld Festival, he ended up posting a pictures of his white uh, Air Jordans and they were covered in blood from stepping on people. And I I don't know if it was real or not, but I came across it, and I thought it was something, you know, we could mention. All right, so that's strange, right? Yeah. Well, when you start looking at the festival's decorations, things get even more weirder. So one of the first decorations that we're going to talk about is the entrance of this festival. So at the front of the festival, all the attendees have to walk through a giant opening that is a big head of Travis Scott with his mouth open and people have to walk through his mouth to get inside of the festival. Now, I did happen to come across a weird, a weird coincidence. So during the Middle Ages, in Anglo-Saxon art, an image of what was called Hellmouth was being spread all over Europe. Now, this Hellmouth image, Showed an animal or beast with its mouth open, and individuals walking into it. It was a depiction of the last judgment and individuals entering into hell. Now we do have a picture of the entrance of the astral world, where you can clearly see right Travis Scott's head and people walking into the festival. Yeah, and then if you scroll down below it, you have the uh, the painting of. Hell mouth, right, that shows the beast and people entering into hell. And just a side note, when looking into this, I did see a lot of people compare the Travis Scott photo um, of his mouth open to another similar photo, which looks like a gigantic head with arms, with small little bitty arms, kind of like an opened up mouth. Yeah. Which we will post a picture of that. And if you scroll down a little bit, Dan, you'll be able to see that one. It's like a little fat guy with a giant eyes and nose and it's like a head with arms and legs, right? And he's opening up his mouth. Yeah,
2: that's what it looks like. Yep.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people mentioned Hellmouth and was mentioning this artwork, which this is not Hellmouth. This is something else. And I decided to look into it and see what we could, what I could find about that specific piece of artwork. And I found a lot of misinformation. A lot of people posted it on Twitter and Reddit, like I said, claiming a certain artist did it, which wasn't true. And then I found it, and I finally found out who actually truly painted this. So this painting is actually a way bigger one that's portrayed here. What you're seeing here is just like a small, small part of a giant painting called The Harrowing of Hell, and it was done sometime in the early 1500s by a Dutch painter named Hieromius Bosch, I'm sorry, Arnold, if I pronounce that wrong, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure I completely butchered that name, but if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the actual full painting right there, which it's it's still really weird, right It looks like a it actually gets worse, yeah, it gets worse, it looks like a giant festival, and people are dying and getting killed.
2: There's a funnel at
1: the bottom people through the small gates,
2: yeah, leading into the where you gotta go into enter astral world through his mouth,
1: mm. Mm-mm. yeah, damn, mm. um, so yeah, we'll have all these pictures posted up on Patreon and see the bottom left, yeah, that dude's getting skinned, skinned, oh my God, and there's a leg hanging there, I thought he had pants on, but yeah, you're right, ugh. Ooh. They're selling, are they cutting it up and selling it as meat up top? What's that on top? Or are those roof shingles? I have no idea what that's up on top. Mm, it's weird. Yeah. All right. So tell us about our next weird decoration.
2: All right. So our next piece of weird festival decoration is the stage. Now, the stage itself at the Astro World Festival, when looked at from above, was an inverted cross.
1: Yeah, and we have a picture of that. If you scroll down a little bit, Dan, you can clearly see an inverted cross and where the crowds were allowed to be at, which I I started looking into this, and it's actually fairly common for concerts to have this typical layout. It allows the crowd to get closer to the singer, and it allows them to actually interact with the crowd more and walk around. So, eh, I'm kind of skeptical on this one. But this next couple are weird tell us about it
2: another weird thing is that the posters that was released to advertise the festival and what it depicted and we have those images of those posters here which that first one's weird is that one whole poster right there
1: yeah yeah that's one whole poster right there so this first poster says open your eyes to a whole new universe and then it says astral world november 5th to 6th 2021 and has stars all around it and then to the left It has what looks like a vortex sucking people and roller coasters into it and a big eyeball and an earth. It's odd, to say the least. Um, And then there was another poster down below that, Dan, which says, Travis Scott, Houston, Texas Astro Festival, November 5th, 8.45 p.m. And then in the middle of it, it says, see you on the other side. And I have no earthly idea what the hell that is that's in the middle. I have no idea. That is. It looks, it looks like the depiction of the angel. Right. That we talked about like a week or two ago. With all the eyes and stuff. The eyes. Yeah. Kind of.
2: I'm trying to see what that is on the left side, right above other person with the
1: arm or something. I have no idea. I don't know what that is. It looks sort of like a flower, but with like eyes in the middle and everything's black and white. Yeah, that's... Mm. You Patreon members, go take a look at it. Let us know what you think it is. Comment and say, hey, it's this, you idiots. I'd be like, oh, okay, I see it now. All right. Um, so let's, let's transition into theories, Dan, because we got some really good theories. All right. So uh, hit us with the first one.
2: Alright, so the first theory that we are going to discuss, of course, is the most obvious one. That World concert was really an occult blood sacrifice. It was a demonic ritual, or energy harvesting event, or public voodoo sacrifice ritual. A lot of individuals claim this is due to the weird occult symbolism that was displayed there at the festival and also the symbolism that Travis Scott has displayed over the years. Also, you have Drake who came up on stage. He is known as October's very own, and the symbol that he commonly uses is an owl. I mean, is it just a coincidence that in our Bohemian Grove episode that the elites worship a giant owl statue that is a symbol of Moloch, which is a demon that takes children's sacrifices to get what the sacrificer wants to achieve?
1: You bring up a very interesting point, Dan. Yeah. Because I thought the same thing. You have Drake, who is, you're right, October's very own, which OVO is a symbol for an owl, and he does all the time use owls in his artwork and album work, and is that's like a symbol, and it's used at the Bohemian Grove for you know the what is it cremation of care,
2: the cremation of care,
1: yep cremation of care,
2: this shit's weird man,
1: it is it is very weird, uh but it's not as weird <laughs> as our <laughs> as the next theory that I got
2: oh lay it on us because I I see you over there you're smiling
1: I went balls deep into this theory man I went deep into it and it's personally my favorite so this theory revolves around Kylie Jenner now if you don't know who Kylie Jenner is she's the sister of Kim Kardashian which Kylie and Kim have the same mother but they have a different dad um now you're probably wondering, well, what the hell does Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner have to do with Travis Scott? Well, Kylie has a baby with Travis Scott. That's his baby's mama. And there's a theory about the Kardashians that I kind of connected with Travis Scott in this Astroworld event. So this theory is that Kylie Jenner's family, the Kardashians, are from a line of witches who place curses on all men that they get into relationships with, and that the World Festival was due to that curse being placed on the event to give Travis Scott bad publicity. Now, I know most of you may be thinking, ah, oh, it's a little bit of a reach, Aaron, and that seems a little bit crazy. Well, just wait, because I'm going to break this theory down for you. All right, so this theory started actually way back in 2016 some fans of the Kardashians started to wonder if there was an actual Kardashian curse. And guess what? There might be, because the Kardashians even talked about it during one of their TV shows. Kylie Jenner specifically said, and I quote, The Kardashian curse is every male figure that comes and dates a Kardashian their life kind of just goes downhill after that. So after Kylie stated that, all of the ladies just kind of laughed it off. But you have to admit, that does kind of make you think, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I started to look into that, and guess what I found? A long list of coincidences. So let's talk about them. Let's talk about the first guy, okay? We're going to talk about Lamar Odom. He was formally married to Khloe Kardashian. Now, shortly after marrying Khloe, he had a cousin die, and a few weeks later, he was in a serious car accident. Then, in 2015, he was found unresponsive in a brothel, and then, in 2017, he collapsed at a club, and then he got addicted to drugs, and she divorced him. Let's move on to our next person. You have Kanye West who was previously married to Kim Kardashian, and they just recently got a divorce. In 2016, he suffered from a complete mental breakdown, and in 2017, he ended his famous friendship with Jay-Z. And then here recently, you have him walking around with this weird-ass mask on, hiding himself. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Oh, dude, I got a Kanye West weird-ass mask. I have to show you this. Oh, my God. The prosthetic Caucasian mask? The, like, really white one? Or... Yeah. Hold on, I'll link it. Kanye proof. Got him with and without the mask wearing the same thing, so you know it's him. I'll link up these images so you know. There's him with that weird-ass mask on. Then here's him without that weird-ass mask, so you know it's him wearing it.
2: Yeah, same headphones and everything.
1: Same one glove. Yeah. Same... Uh, what the fuck are those? Those, um... Fucking rain boots? Wait, those are... No, they're not rain boots. They're crocs. Croc rain boots. You can't get any
2: worse than that.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I won't joke on crocs. I like my crocs,
1: but... I hate crocs.
2: That right there is a little overboard.
1: Yeah. So that is strange, right? Very, very strange.
2: That is very... That is a weird mask. The one mask I found was the very, 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 very white one. Oh,
1: yeah, he's worn multiple. Super weird. All right, so continuing on with all these guys, you have Scott Disick, who was married to Kourtney Kardashian for 10 years before divorcing. Now, he actually turned to a psychic after they got divorced because he thought he was a victim of the curse. The psychic told him, and I quote, a negative energy is following you around. Everything that you try to do you have a tendency to have many obstacles in front of you. So that's Scott. Then you have the pro basketball player, Christian Thompson, who started dating Khloe Kardashian, and then he ended up flubbing and losing the 2017 NBA Finals right after that, and then his career just went downhill. Then you have the other pro basketball player, Chris Humphreys, who started dating Kim Kardashian, and then boom, his basketball career immediately went downhill after she left him. Then you have Reggie Bush, who started dating Kim Kardashian, and then after they split, his football career went quickly tanked. And then you have Tyga, who hooked up with Kylie, and since then, he's had several lawsuits. So, I mean, it gets you thinking, right? Coincidences. Just back to back to back. Either they're all crazy, and they're really, like, causing these men to go nuts, or they're just very good at making the men fall in love with them and they break their heart and then they're like, oh, I can't get over it, so there goes my professional career, which I highly doubt that. Are um, they're really placing a curse on them, which, if that is true, the question is why? So I started looking into the deep and dark internets, and I know this is a long theory, but this is the last bit of it, and it kind of ties it all in together. So as I was looking into the long and deep, dark parts of the internet. I found an old post that someone made about an episode in the show of Keeping Up with Kardashians. And in that show, Khloe Kardashian stated, and I quote, we need new male energy, which then that popped up the rumor that these witches are actually harvesting male energy and that the supposed theory is that they are witches. And apparently, there's even more to this. There was a long backstory that was posted on the internet before this theory came along that the Kardashians uh, are from a coven of witches who were all granted the power of beauty and fame. Now, this story is that it all started with the family's great ancestor, Kiko Kardashian, Kekal ended up selling her soul in order for her future offspring to have fame, fortune, and physical beauty. But in order for them to continue to have that fame, fortune, and physical beauty, they have to harvest the energy of men. And that's one of the theories.
2: That's insane.
1: That this whole astral world is caused from the Kardashians getting... Travis Scott basically placing a curse on Travis Scott to give him bad publicity to harvest his energy. I mean, I have to applaud myself. I do say.
2: I mean, you went deep and in, deep into that uh, theory right there.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It does fit. It does. It does. Let's talk about this next theory.
2: All right, this theory is that the venue clearly was not ready for the event. The event organizer cut the numbers of medical crew and security to a minimum so that they could make more money. In turn, they didn't have the support that they needed and the Houston PD and Fire Department really screwed up. Because of them screwing up, the police chief didn't want a third party investigating it because it'll come out that he was inadequate at his job. So the judge over the case that demanded a third party investigation asked the committee who voted it down. Why did they vote it down? Well, the Houston police chief put pressure on the Houston committee saying, Houston doesn't need this bad publicity. Let us handle the investigation because we don't need a third party looking into stuff. So that is why a third party investigation isn't happening, is to contain the fact that Houston really dropped the ball and that they are trying to cover something up. Now, what are they trying to cover up? Is it just bad publicity of how they run things or is it something
1: else? Well, that got us to kind of like look into how bad were things at Astroworld compared. To other venues. And to kind of give you an example, let's discuss the death numbers real quick again and compare them to other venues in history. So, roughly, now I say roughly because they don't know how many people truly attended this event because a lot of people snuck in, but we'll just say 50,000 people attended the Astroworld Festival and 10 of them died. Okay? So let's talk about Woodstock Festival in 1969, which is super famous. They had over 400,000 people attend this event. 400,000. And you know how many died? Two. Two people. One person died of a drug overdose, and another person died while sleeping in a sleeping bag under a tractor, and the tractor driver didn't know that he was under there, and he accidentally ran him over. Two people. Are you laughing? I'm thinking, holy shit.
2: Why would you sleep underneath the tractor?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's not just Woodstock either. It, get this. In 1991, Metallica held a Monsters of Rock concert in Moscow, Russia. The crowd there, over 1.6 million people showed up to that. If you haven't seen the video clips of that concert, Watch it. I'll post a link up. Matter of fact, you need to go watch that right now. But you know how many people died at that 1.3 or 1.6 million concert? How many? A little over 50 people died at that one. A little over 50. So clearly, this tells you that the venue of Astroworld was just ran very, very badly. But that also poses the question, was it done on purpose? And if so, why? Was it a blood sacrifice or was it actually a curse? I don't know. This is where we kind of transition into our own personal thoughts and theories. But before we do, you have to watch a video of that Monsters of Rock concert. Just a clip, just so you get an idea of how big this concert was and the crowd. It's freaking insane. I would have been scared if I was them. Oh, here, I'll link it. I got a link. Everybody needs to go look at this. This is crazy. They had helicopters flying overhead. You can fast-forward it to, like, a minute, and as far as you can see, r- really good at, like, a minute 30-ish. You can really see how far out that freaking crowd goes. It's forever.
2: Holy sh—that's a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Imagine the energy there. So that's really cool.
2: Dude, that's insane. But the fact that— Yeah. The ratio of how many people are there and how many people actually died, that's—I don't want to say that's—
1: That's a good event. Yeah. Well, still, 50 deaths are bad. Any deaths are bad. But to have only 50 people die out of 1.6 million, that's pretty damn good. All right. Um, so let's get into our own personal thoughts and theories on this. So, Dan, if you had to choose what you think this is, do you think it's poor planning? If so, do you think it's trying to be covered up? Do you think it's a blood sacrifice? Do you think somebody was going around stabbing drugs into somebody's neck? What do you think happened?
2: Mm, Yeah, I don't think it was any blood sacrifice or any occult stuff going on. I think it was honestly piss poor planning. And the fact that in October, they, they knew that their security and how their crowd control was very shitty. No easy way to put it. It was very shitty and they just didn't care for it. Then, of course, you know, they're getting paid. Of course, they're cutting numbers on medical teams, security teams and all that. You know, and then, the like, the whole security guard getting injected with something. They've already had people coming in there, being, like, going over overdoses. So maybe the security guard reaching for somebody, someone was trying to, you know, have a good time, end up stabbing the fucking security guard with it. <laughs> Shanking people? I guess so. You know, like, hey, get off my friend. Yeah. But, I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of coincidences with, like, a lot of the cult stuff, the way some things are set up, but... Honestly, I think it was just piss poor planning. And then with Travis Scott inciting people to rush up to the stage, he's done it at multiple concerts, doesn't care like whether people get hurt or not. Obviously with Shane Morris, you could tell walks away. Oh, I can't have that kind of negative energy in my life. You having a seizure over there.
1: Yeah. What a dick.
2: Him caring about someone like that. They're not going to make money. The show must go on to them, whether someone's dying in the crowd or not, that's, that's not his problem. So, I don't think it was like a blood sacrifice. I just think he's emotionless, doesn't care. Money's taken over him.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much you made at that concert for just f- performing for an hour.
2: Enough to fly off in a private jet probably.
1: Yeah, I saw a video of his um of his baby's mama and his and his daughter and his family being escorted out of the venue by private security.
2: Yeah, I think uh, 12 p.m. the next day, he finally made a statement about it. Mm. Like he was apologizing and all that shit. Do you want to see the tweet? Because it's full of bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's probably just a corporate. We're
2: sorry for our
1: actions. Yeah, I don't even think he wrote it. It starts off with, I'm devastated. So do you think that the Houston Commission is trying to cover something up? Or why do you think that they're trying to block a third-party investigation? To cover their ass?
2: Well, because the promoters and everyone at the NRG, they have failed security like inspections like with OSHA multiple times before. And the fact that they're still holding events there and everything, I would think that that would be pointed towards the commission and
1: all that. They gotta get reelected and they don't want bad publicity because they lose their jobs or they lose reelection.
2: That girl that grilled them, what, she said like in three months the election was coming up? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to have a good image to get reelected, and they're trying to hide stuff that, like, oh, it wasn't our fault. It, you know, something just happened.
1: Yep. Interesting take. Interesting theory. What you got? All right. Um. So I'm kind of right there with you with the whole satanic thing. I don't believe that it's satanic. Now, I'm not saying that Travis Scott doesn't have satanic symbols and shit in his work, because... I mean, obviously he does. At least I believe he does, just by looking at it. However, I I think that he just alludes to, like, satanic and occult practices just to get people to talk about him, to get him to become more famous. I don't think he actually practices that stuff. Now, I, I thought about this whole event in general, and I noticed how, like, there was a ton of publicity around it. Which is good. I mean, it gets people aware of, like, concert safety and stuff. But then I started wondering why everybody was really fixated on, like, the horrors of it, of the deaths. It made me wonder, is it really a current reflection of ourselves and society as a whole? Now, I know that's kind of like, oh, Aaron, you're so deep in what you just said. Let me explain it in kind of simpler terms and tell you why I think this. So the scenario of what happened at Astroworld, what does it remind you of? And I'll go over the events, and I'll kind of recap of what it reminds me of. So people found themselves at the concert stuck in a confined space for an extended period of time, hyped up with bad frequency music, lighting, and imagery, and then they all started to surge forward at once. People were dying in sections of the crowds. There were reports of people dying in sections, and other sections appeared to carry on dancing and oblivious as if they were in a trance while people around them were dying. Multiple individuals tried to sound the alarm, but they were ignored. You know, for example, with the girl climbing up on the uh, ladder up to the camera crew and was told to get off stage or to get off the camera set. Uh, The ambulance couldn't get through the crowd and other people's bodies became uh, feared as people were being crushed up against one another. Also, you have a rumor that someone was going through the crowd, injecting people with an unknown drug, which may have been responsible for some of the medical episodes. Now, that was the event in a short timeline. And I believe that this event, I think that people recognize it as a mirror of something that they feel is going on in their own lives right now. That this world event is what seems to be happening in our world right now but the show must keep going, like how Travis Scott kept going. Like People are seeing this as a reflection of their their own life in COVID, right? It matches up almost perfectly. So I think that's why everybody's so fixated on it right now is because everybody can relate to it, whether they're aware of it or not. So, I don't know. That's just a whole getting a little bit deeper in the mind to try to understand what the hell's going on. But overall, I also think that the Houston Commission's trying to cover shit up. I don't believe Travis Scott practices satanic or occult shit. I believe he just kind of like alludes to it to hype up his thing. And I believe that there was shitty crowd control practices. NRG Park didn't have a handle of shit and people got crushed and it was horrible. And my condolences to the family members who lost loved ones that day.
2: Yeah, it's upsetting you- figure you take your kids somewhere, just go see a concert and all that, and then that's the last time you're with them.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, so we do have another personal theory, and we didn't mention this during the announcements. Every so often when we do a Patreon episode, we'll select somebody that's on Discord and we'll say, hey, we're doing an episode over this topic. We know that you have expressed in the past that, to us that you are knowledgeable on this subject would you like to speak on it so we ended up contacting the user Baphomet's Hammer on Discord which well, if you're uh, on the Discord you know who he is he's been inside there and talked a couple times so we contacted him and got his own theory as to what went on at the Astro World event and uh we'll take a listen to that right now
3: i uh kind of put some thought into it and uh did some some of my own digging into some random stuff, like regarding, um, like the music industry and stuff like that, and like not only just like on like the whole occult side of things, but I think that like I could even like kind of maybe give a, a, a an idea of maybe an all other side of things along with it, with, with all kind of like one train of thought.
1: Yeah, by all means, go ahead, go for it. I'd love to hear it. So, like. When you look at the music industry and,
3: like, like a lot of, like, occult things, like, so, like, I'm big into Goetia, and Goetia is, like, the not-so-happy side of things. And, like, the way I kind of, like, look at the universe and things like that is, like, positives and negatives, because, like, like I said, I'm big into physics. I'm not really a theistic person, so I don't really believe in the whole God side of things, so it gets real complicated when I explain shit, so I won't get into that right now. But, um it's 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 more on that side of things, so I like see things more not as like uh this is a god and this is a Satan thing, and this is that it's it's more like ent- entities and alternate dimensions that have different forms of intent, and we have to go through certain actions to kind of create a wavelength that could reach that dimension to contact said entity. I know that sounds ludicrous i've had experiences with this that have been like out of my explanation um so when you guys asked me you know like uh, oh you know like what what demons would you think or like what what entities in this regard could be something that could be in this manner i started looking things up and i have um the 67th spirit of asmodeus or asmodeus he's a great duke um and basically he sounds trumpets and like um if you were to essentially hail to him he would help you in musical pursuits and i've found f- five or six demons that run along the same plane as that where like you you could in some way give some offering to them and hail to them in some way and they would either give you some form of influence or something like that so then you start thinking about things like that and thinking about people who are major influences in music, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, the the ones that you can pick out that have been like already called out about it a little bit or have talked about it openly, like David Bowie having major in- interest in David um, Aleister Crowley. Um, Mick Jagger was a, a major occultist. Lennon with Crowley. Um, Alice Cooper got his name from a Ouija board. Um, Jimmy Page was like one of the biggest ones of them all um like Elvis even was rumored to have like you know things in, into it and whatnot so like we're talking major past names that like people know and have talked about that have had things in the occult but were like like Elvis was a one of one like he came out of nowhere
1: yeah because like, he was he was previously in the army correct and then yeah yeah after the army he just blew up in the music industry
3: exactly and he he was he was the the rock star before a rock star was ever a rock star so like when you start thinking about things like that and like so one of the things that i've learned in my practice with these things is that they're not entities that are going to be like i'm going to give you some wild superpower and now you're a superhuman go do dumb shit like it's 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 long-term it's it's a slow move like these are these are these are things beyond our comprehension they're not worried about what we really want right the fuck now like they they're they're worried about like in from what i've learned in experiences kind of like almost emotional power which is, is kind of like some of them really enjoy like massive 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 sadness and massive grief and so like the one that i sent you guys andras like that was one i was looking into and like he's just calamity like and like honestly like he could be one of the primary causes of like the middle east and shit like that and like when you look deeper into it it's like oh fuck this makes sense but um anyways going back to the music industry um there's there's like a whole bunch of different things that you can follow from these like bigger guys so like now these are just the artists right so this mm-hmm. this seems like you know okay well this is always just like the base or face level of things like we have all these bigger producers that are making money and things like that and people behind it who are funding everything and this is where you start getting more into the modern time of things because they it was like somebody caught on to what these guys back in the day were doing and they were like well hold on a second. I don't have to be the face and have to keep up this image and do all this crazy shit. If I can manipulate and influence, then I can then create more income for me and be along the same realm of like a Rothschild. So basically they were able to kind of find a way where they were able to monopolize an entire section of entertainment. And, like, then when you start looking deeper into this, like, yeah, there's a lot of these little offshoots of, like, production companies and stuff like that now, but that's in, like, the past, like, five to maybe ten years, and that's only because of technology. Before that, it was monopolized. So... Now you have to think about back to these times when it was monopolized, right, where the big names that were doing shit, like Britney Spears, NSYNC, all these other people that just seemed so fake and they were doing shit. Well, it was because, in my opinion, these people who were running this were running some sort of like mind control type, like dimming down of the greater masses. Because like one of the things that is big with demons is that they don't want a mass knowledge gain. They respect the individual that seeks mass knowledge. So when you have somebody who's trying to gain all this financial influence and is gaining all this power and has all this power, said entity is going to give this individual a mass amount of respect and is willing to work with them in greater ways.
1: So and what does that entity want in exchange? Is it just the mass sadness or is it something so, deeper or does it all it just depends on the demon?
3: It, well, well, a lot of it depends on the demon, but you got to think about it. It's it, it's it, the these artists. Are creating mass gatherings of individuals that come to these events and then they have these almost like groupthink situations where it's in a mass amount of emotion all at one time. So it's like if, if you if you think about it on like a different like like a sensory level of like what's going on in this single individual place. You have, you know, like in some instances, tens of thousands of people sitting there. I mean, like, okay, so like, let's think about this in like a multi dimensional way of like this entity is trying to gain some type of maybe psychic emotional power from this. Well, what would not be the better way than to create a mass psychic bomb, essentially? Okay. So you create this, and then now you, you can't, you know, you got to think about now what modern artists are starting to portray and talk about it's not about what it used to be like in the 80s yeah it was about peace and love sometimes and people were doing this and stuff but like nowadays it's this sex money drugs i'm gonna get what i want blah 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 and like that's not even just in rap and this that and the other like there there are so many genres now that run that message system essentially like when you break down their lyrics that that's what they're talking about it, it, it's it's like a, a a mass manipulation to dumb down the masses and it, you, you like th- there are people that are coming to quote unquote talent that when you look at what they're doing there is zero talent they're not writing anything they're literally a dancing puppet and
1: it's yeah w- w- when you look at like takashi nine for example he's just all looks right, right well in my right. opinion it is no talent at all Exactly. And somehow he's a multimillionaire
3: right Th- this is yeah this is exactly what i'm talking about like like you have individuals like this and like there there probably are small individuals like that that have had a cult practice that have gained a little bit because like He also had some working with the Bloods, and the Bloods have like a lot of power within things. And so he could have used said influence in some way to gain some type of favor of some entity, which then worked with him over a time where he was kind of manipulating people in said criminal fucked up ways, and then from there became a greater individual. But... Now, this is where you can see the downfall and where someone goes wrong in said situation and doesn't continue. Because if you don't maintain and continue, it's going to get real bad real fucking fast because these things don't fuck around at fucking all. So, like, you mess around with them a little bit. They're going to mess around with you a goddamn lot. And so he probably got to a point where he had all this money and power, got super fucking arrogant. And then this thing went, oh, I gotcha. And then just shifted his life into this chaos filled, now fucking nightmare that he lives.
1: Yeah, he ended up being a what a snitch and then got charges brought up on him for, I think, sex with a minor. Yeah, sex with a minor and stuff like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, you also have to realize so many people, like, think of demons in the cinematic sense of, like, bro, this thing's happening right now. That's not how shit works, man. It is a slow, burn they don't care about your immediate this that and the other they they have all the time all their character like like as far as i know they don't have a beginning or an end i haven't figured that out but like they have all the time for all i like as as far as i can tell and from what they're willing to do and from what i've seen they're willing to do is that they'll take 10 years just to wipe away every bit of what's left left of your emotions if you fuck up with them like it's it's it it can go real bad real fast and like it's it's because like you don't have the chance of repentance like once you fuck up that's it like there's no turning around so it's 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 a very that's why i would never suggest anyone get into this because it's like not a thing to do
1: so that was his theory I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. How we mentioned the owl and what was its name? Andras. Andres. Yeah. Hey, that lines up with the Drake thing in the owl. Huh? Yeah. I can see the uh, similarities, you know, but um, pretty cool. I figured we could start doing that more. Get the people involved. That'd be nice. Yeah. Get their theories on everything. All right, so that pretty much wraps up uh this Astro World episode. I guess we kind of like go into a little bit of free talk before we roll it out. Sure. All right. So how was your weekend? Was it good?
2: It was it was all right. Uh went over to my sister's house, relaxed, uh chilled over there, watched some football, and just honestly just relaxed this weekend, did a little research. That's it.
1: Nice. I worked uh Saturday and Sunday. I worked 12-stay shift. Mm which, eh, nothing really went on, so I got to do a lot of research at work. You know, it's pretty slow, just researching. Besides that, today I did more research and then went and ate some sausage and shrimp at this uh, seafood place. It was pretty good. It looked good. It was pretty good, a little pricey. I saw the tab, I was like, whoa, you you charged me four bucks for a Coca-Cola? Oh, shit. Goddamn. Yeah, they really price gouges or Cokes. And it was like a little 12-ounce cup, too. Damn. And she, she went and refilled. She's like, first refill is free. First refill is free? I was like, if I'm, paying f- if I'm paying four bucks, you better give me that whole fucking damn fountain over there. Right? Or you could take this drink back with you. I'll walk my ass across the street to the gas station and get me a soda pop for a dollar and come back over and drink it in here while I eat my meal. Oh, sir, so
2: you can't bring your own drink in here? The hell I can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's when I just start pissing everywhere.
2: You're going to go piss on their toilet in the bathroom all over the place? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fucked up. I hate when people do that. And then your shoes get all. Oh,
2: God. You get think. that
1: squeaky sound when you start walking around. Ugh, God damn. That's why I don't wear shoes in my house. I um, have like a little thing where you put your shoes in. As Soon as you walk into my house, you take your shoes off and you put them up in that thing. And then you walk around in your socks. That's how I usually like walking. But once I got Crocs, these things are comfy. You don't take them off road, do you? They just stay in the house, right? I mean, I walk out to the get the mail and stuff, and that's it usually. Oh, see, I can't, I can't have that.
2: I clean my shoes off before I come inside. I got a rug on the outside, you know, that hard bristle, and then inside, I got another one to try to dry them off.
1: Okay, all right, eh, still not that bad, but I got pure indoor socks, and then not socks, I got pure indoor shoes.
2: I was about to say, you got those socks with the rubber grips, the hospital socks.
1: No, and yeah, I got outdoor shoes, indoor shoes. I don't know. It just kind of grosses me out when I walk around outside. You walk through everything, and then you come back in your house and you trample it all around in your house. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't do all that. Yeah. What about people who sleep in their shoes?
2: That that's a s- different situation, depending on this, depending on the situation.
1: Put the shoes in the bed. Oh goddamn! Under the covers. Oh no! Ugh. Oh no! That's almost as bad as the people who eat in their bed. Okay. Now, no judgment here, okay? You could do whatever the hell you want, but if you get Ritz crackers and you eat Ritz crackers in your bed and you get them all on your bed sheets and in your bed, you're an absolute animal.
2: Granola bars in the bed. I fucking despise that.
1: (laughs) I'll be laying down in the middle of the night. (laughs) I'll be trying to sleep and I'll feel crumbs on my back and I'm like, God damn it. It's
2: horrible. I do eat gummy bears in bed, though.
1: Oh well, yeah. That's a that's a non mess. Yeah, a non messy meal. Not a meal, but a non messy snack. No, but
2: oh, crackers, granola bars, anything like that breaks up into little pieces. That's hard to clean up.
1: Oh yeah, those are not allowed anywhere near my bed. No. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, this episode's getting pretty long, so I guess we should wrap it up. You got anything else you want to add or say to today's episode before we roll it out? Honestly, I've never been to a concert, so... You've never been to a concert? I've never been to a concert. Oh, my God. We're We're going to one, but the ones we go to is like the old people concert where you have chairs and you sit down.
2: See, I wouldn't mind those. I don't want to do the whole standing for hours, people bumping into me and stuff like that. I mean, it sounds, it sounds so much fun from what I'm hearing.
1: No, but. hell no. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do all that. I went to a... Um... A metal concert in Texas that had Papa Roach, which I know is not metal, but uh, Papa Roach headlined it. It had uh, Upon a Burning Body, which they're they're metal, um, Sons of Texas, who else? In This Moment, Breaking Benjamin, Ooh. and a cu- couple other bands. Breaking Benjamin was okay. Eh, it was okay. I like a couple of their songs. Sons of Texas was pretty good. Upon a Burning Body, they were the main reason why I was going going there to that concert was to see them. And they had like a little signing session. Like after they got done playing their set, they would go out to like where the bathrooms were at and they had a table where you could buy merch and they would sign shit for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I asked them to sign my CD and they signed it and then I was like, can I get a photo? And they're like, no, no photos right now. I was like, okay, dude. They're like, We'll do photos later. It's too packed right now. Literally, I was the only one standing there. I was the only one standing there. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck, guys? There's literally like no one here. I didn't say that. I thought it. I was just like, oh, okay. And then I walked back inside. It's like, what a bunch of dicks. Must have been some
2: drugs going on. They've seen multiple errands.
1: (laughs) So so I went back down, and they had like a standing area, and then they had an area where you could sit up up on like chairs and stuff, like in the bleachers. So then Papa Roach came out, and they played, and dude, they sound exactly like they do on their CD. Oh, shit. And he wasn't lip-singing either. He came, Jacoby, who's the lead singer, came down into the mosh pit. I wasn't in the mosh pit. Fuck that. I was, like, standing far away from it. But I watched him come down and jump into the mosh pit while singing and not miss a lick, and then run back up onto stage. Damn. Yeah, it was awesome. Then... Uh, I had some fucking weirdo follow me around trying to talk to me and he wouldn't get the hint. He was like socially awkward and it's like, dude, look, I'm cool. I'll talk to you for a little bit, but I'm here to watch this show, man. I don't want to have a fucking full conversation with you. I want to vibe with his music. And He's over here talking about fucking Dalmatians and shit, telling me about his Dalmatians and like all different breeds of dogs and how he used to fight beta fish and stuff. And it's like, what the, f- what the fuck are you talking about? Have you been talking to me? For the past hour, I've been sitting here trying to watch his concert. He had long hair and stuff, and he was like, I'm going to go get some nachos. I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay, man. I fucking jetted it. I jetted it and went and set up in the bleachers. And then I was sitting there, and I watched him walk back with his nachos. And then I kind of felt like a dick because he started to look around. And I'm like, oh, he's looking around for me. I'm like, ah, I feel like a dick. And I was like, eh, not really. I'm enjoying this music now.
2: Oh, man, let me vibe with you. Let me talk about my dogs. (laughs)
1: <laughs> talk about my dalmatians and my betta fish that i fought i would never fight my betta fish he's too cool i wonder if there's like an illegal ring of betta fish fighting being pretty sure there is let me look that up illegal betta fish is betta fighting illegal illegal people in southeast asia have caught and bred siamese fighting fish aka betta fish for centuries to compete in staged battles which people place wagers on, similar to cockfights. Oh, that's Southeast Asia, though. Such organized fish fights are illegal in the United States. I didn't know that. It falls under animal cruelty. Yep. Okay. You can't intentionally kill or harm any animal without a proper cause, a.k.a. for food. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode today. So... I want to thank you for joining us today, and again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone.